Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Searching. Searching for sheep. Searching for a lost coin. Searching for people. You've searched for things, for people. You know what that's like. You know the worry, the frustration, and you know the joy of finding. Today was a day that a great searching began, September 11th, 2001. Once the dust cleared in New York after the towers collapsed, And here, after the Pentagon crumbled, the searching immediately began. At first, it was a searching to rescue any who might have survived and were clinging to life in the rubble. No one knew for certain how many people there might have been, how many were in or around the buildings, how many were missing. Estimates ranged from hopeful, just just a few thousand, if not all had arrived at work yet, and many of those who had managed to escape, to fearful, upwards of tens of thousands if the towers and the Pentagon were full. The searching was frantic and desperate at first. If there were any survivors, surely their injuries would be grave and they wouldn't be able to survive long. The searching was hard. The piles continued to burn, making it difficult to breathe. The rubble was enormously heavy. And there was so much of it. In all, 20 survivors were found and rescued. And there was great joy when they were. But even after the time had passed when anyone could have survived and been rescued, the searching went on. Only now it was not a rescue, but a recovery operation. The workers, no less diligent in their searching day and night to find the family members, friends, and loved ones who had perished that day. And many were found, some whole, most not. But some never found, an absence that still causes grief and sadness today. But there was more than one searching that started that day, September 11th, 2001. The other was the searching for the man and the people responsible for this act. The man and the people who rejoiced, not mourned all the death that day. This search was no less 
diligent. In fact, it continued on for a much longer time than the months it took to go through and clear the piles. They searched for years. They searched in different countries and cities. They searched caves and tunnels. They would not give up. When some of the men were found, and then when the man at the head was found and killed, there was much rejoicing all over the country. A large crowd gathered in front of the White House, as well as in cities and homes across the country to celebrate with great joy. Searching. Searching for sheep. Searching for a lost coin. Searching for people. Jesus searching for you. For each and every person buried and lost in this world of sin and death. This world of destruction and hate. Jesus wants not one single person to be lost in this rubble. His is a rescue, not a recovery searching. To rescue us to live before the searching stops. Before it is too late. That we come out of this world alive. And live a new life. And for every person that is found. For every sinner who repents. There is great rejoicing in heaven. Two searches began on September 11th. Two searches that were in one sense, the same, but at the same time, very different. For the first was a searching of mercy and love to save any and all lives that could be saved. But even after that, the searching was to have mercy and love and help the grieving by finding their loved ones. But the second searching was quite different than that. It was a searching for justice, for vengeance. It was a searching not to save life, but to punish and perhaps take the lives of those who had themselves taken so many lives. Jesus' searching is of course, a searching of the first kind. A searching not to mete out justice for what you have done. But a searching of mercy and love. Of a shepherd, a very good one, searching for his sheep, as Ezekiel explained. Not to reprimand you for wandering off or for wandering off yet again but to feed you and give you drink, to bring you back home and to a good pasture, to bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. And Jesus did this searching not just for the few years when he walked this earth, 
But ever since Adam and Eve fell into sin and he came into the garden and searched for them, called out to them. To Paul, whom Jesus found and pulled out of his life of opposition and persecution of Jesus and his church. To today, as he works and searches through his church and his people in this world. To find people buried in the rubble of their lives. To find people who are trapped in sin. Like all the sins Paul mentioned in his letter to Timothy today. To find people and give them life again. So in the two parables we heard today, Jesus is the shepherd searching for his sheep. And the church is the woman acting the same way. Searching for her lost coin. And both rejoicing when the lost is found. The Pharisees and scribes, however, were not rejoicing. They were grumbling whenever Jesus found and rescued and pulled out of the rubble another sinner. The Pharisees and scribes, you see, were save yourself kind of folks. Pull yourself out of the pile, folks. Some worth saving, some not, folks. Justice, folks. No mercy and love. Now there is a place for justice in the world. We do not live in a lawless world, a wild west where everyone does what they want. It's every man for himself and do what is right in your own eyes. No, Jesus himself would speak of justice and the just retribution for sin. There is a price to pay. The searchers who combed through the piles after September 11th came to realize this. Long days of hard and exhausting work took a toll on their bodies. Breathing in air filled with toxic dust wreaked havoc on their lungs. But it wasn't just a physical toll. There was a mental toll as well. Knowing the death that was in those piles. Seeing and hearing grief every day for so many months. And if their bodies didn't break down, their minds did. This was true also of the military. Those folks searching for years to bring those who did this to justice. Many lost their lives as well. And for Jesus too. The good shepherd searching for his sheep, there was a price to be paid. And so he paid it. He took responsibility for all the sin, all the rubble, all the death, all the chaos, all the grief caused by our sin. He took it. He paid it. This is how one of our hymns 
puts this all, this sin and rubble and death and chaos and grief. A rebel will wrought death and night or collapsed this perfect world because we seized and used in prideful spite thy wondrous gift of liberty. We housed us in this house of doom where death had royal scope and room until thy servant, Prince of Peace, breached all its walls for our release. Thou camest to our hall of death, O Christ, to breathe our poisoned air, to drink for us the dark despair that strangled our reluctant breath. When we look around at our world, it may not look so bad. But that's because we don't know what it was like before sin. The way God created it and intended it to be. But when he looks around at our world, he sees a scene far worse than September 11th. Far more destruction, far more hopelessness, far more death. So he came to search and to save and to pay the price giving his own life in the process on the brutal cross. His life for yours. And when he searches for you, he doesn't ask where you're from, what color you are. He searches for and wants to rescue and save all people. And when he finds you in the rubble, he doesn't ask how bad a sinner you are and then judge whether you are worth saving or not. He saved you. In a sense, he took your place under the rubble so that you could be free. Forgiveness, we call it. The great exchange, Luther called it. Jesus getting our place and we getting his. Jesus paying the price for us who could not pay. Who could not set ourselves free. Who could not get out of the rubble. And every time a sinner is found and rescued, there is not only great rejoicing by the one who is found and pulled out of the rubble, There is great rejoicing in heaven too. For another lost one has been washed in the waters of holy baptism and found. Another lost one gets to hear those words of absolution. I forgive you all your sins. Another lost one is fed and nourished and strengthened here with the food of Jesus' body and blood. Gifts that are here for us every week and realities for every day of our lives. But maybe we're spoiled. Maybe we take it all for granted. But we shouldn't. We shouldn't when we know what it cost Jesus, the price he paid to set us free, that the joy of heaven be ours 
as well. Both when we receive those gifts and when those gifts are given to others. Even to the worst of the worst. Like Paul who confessed that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the foremost. Those could be, should be, our words as well. And when they are, when we know the joy of being found and forgiven, rescued and saved, baptized, absolved and fed, when we What we deserve is to be left in the rubble and die. When we know that joy of being found, we then join in the search. Or perhaps better to say, Jesus uses us in his search. That we might not only know the joy of being found, but the joy of finding. Like the woman in the second parable Jesus told today. So you who have been buried, buried under and burdened by sin, sin that you have committed that brought down consequences on yourself or sin that has been committed against you that has buried you, you'd still be there were it not for your good shepherd. You'd still be there hoping for a way out. You'd still be there hoping for life. Hoping for someone to move that rubble from off of you and reach a hand down to you and pull you out. And Jesus has. I forgive you, he says. And his gospel is for you to breathe again. And his supper is for you to be strengthened. And while you rejoice in this, in these gifts he freely gives, he rejoices even more. And then when you go back out to the rubble, that is, when you walk out those doors today, to a crumbling world, A world crumbling under sin and death, trapped in evil ways, more crashing down every day. Violence, hate, deception, mutilation, selfishness. But you no longer buried. So you can be that hand that reaches out, that reaches through the rubble, the hand of help, the hand of hope, the hand of forgiveness. It might not be easy. In fact, it will probably be very hard. But when you lift up another, when you forgive them, when you reach out to them in their gloom, when you are a hand of hope, not justice, there is joy. Not only for the one you reached out to, but for you. And in heaven too. The angels rejoicing over them and rejoicing over you. Or as we sang in the intro it earlier, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. O Lord my God, 
I will give you thanks forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.